Well, glad you're here, friends. That's what we're going to talk about for the next four weeks. Talk about friendship, true friendship, authentic friendship. If you have your Bible or you want to look at our overhead, kind of the summary of this morning is that um, a true friend is going to improve you. A true friend is going to make a difference in your life. Solomon writes in Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12, two people are better off than one. Think about this scripture and think about it practically. Think about it practically. For they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. I asked Sarita if I were to die, would she carry my casket? You know what she said? How many think she said yes, because she loves me? Anybody say yes? Think she? No, she said no. That's gross. See, it takes six pallbearers ordinarily, so I asked her, who'd she get? You know, I'm gone. I don't care. <laughs> and I've got six guys in the family, and I've talked to these. I talked to my guys, and they say, you know, Dad, uh, we'd rather just kind of sit back and watch the circus because that's probably what's going to be at your funeral. We really don't want to get involved that way. So I need to start grooming some pallbearers. These would be men who have been with me through the best and the worst of times. These are true friends. A life axiom is that if I want to have a deep, authentic friendship I have to be an authentic friend. So guys, men, and this, this would apply to women too, but I, I want to I address men today in, in this particular area. Do you have six guys outside of your family that would carry you to your final resting place? All of that to ask this question, how are you doing, everyone, when it comes to friendship. This morning starts a series on true friendship primarily to learn how we might be true friends to others, not this test of who's a friend, who isn't. Proverbs 18.24 says, There are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. A true friend, that's the, the, there's two points here. A true friend lifts you up in verse 9. So how do they do this? They stand behind you. A true friend supports you. Proverbs 27, 5 through 6 says, An open rebuke is an open rebuke, not a text. Not a, um, uh, you, you know how I feel, you ought to know how I feel, so I don't need to be talking to you about it. An open rebuke is better than hidden love. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. 
If your love and friendship is genuine, you won't be afraid to tell a friend about their fault and try to correct them. Rebuking is to be preferred to hidden love. Keep in mind, though, it's a two-way street. <laughs> you know, we've got, we've got people in our lives that are good rebukers, but uh, they, they, uh, they don't take rebu- the rebuke easily when it's coming from you for a, uh, a, a similar issue. It's all good until that shoe is on the other foot. So correcting a f- person's fault is an evidence of love, but failing to correct him shows one's love is withdrawn. An enemy may seem to be a friend by as many kisses and, and a, a true friend, and that's one who loves, may seem to be an enemy because the wounds that they inflict. Because, you know, it's, if, if you remember, uh, uh, it was... Uh, not true grit, it was uh, Rooster, Rooster Cogburn. And he said to, uh, uh, to uh, Hepburn, he said, nobody likes to be called low down and bad, high, no, nobody likes to be called low down and high smelling. And, and you know, that's, that's, uh, nobody likes that. That's, that's an inflicted wound. And, and yet, they actually can express more genuine friendship by being honest than not. Uh, you know, those, those rebukes hurt. But behind everyone who achieves anything of value is a friend of great worth. You love me enough to tell me that here's a problem. But you love me enough to receive, you know here's a problem. Let's do this together. A true friend is going to strengthen you. Look again at Ecclesiastes. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. I guess there was a, a floor-laying exercise this week, over at this weekend, over at the Maddox house. And, and as bad a shape as Craig is in, can you, see, I can talk about him because he's not here. So, and you don't because I'm going to start, I'll ratchet out on your knees. So, but, but uh, can you imagine him doing that all by himself, as beat up as he is? And yet all he would have had to do was call, and I know there'd be guys that would have been over ready to, uh, to help him out. But two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Tracy was, you know, she's like, 32 months pregnant, and, and I mean, she is great with child, and, and she's down there on her hands and knees, and I asked Carrie if she, if she ever high-centered, because she's, you know, she's going to have this baby in, in January. She was down on her hands and knees, a mama, a pregnant woman, laying the floor. Now, if she fell, she didn't have far to go, you know, you could kind of roll her around, but, but uh, uh, she'd be in real trouble. If she didn't have friends. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? In, in Australia, there's a, there's a group, uh, there's a rock group called Three Dog Night. Anybody remember Three Dog Night? Anybody show of hands? Come on, you sinners. Three, <laughs> Three Dog Night. And, and Three Dog Night is an Australian term that it's so cold, the, shepherd, the, the, the guys out in the bush would curl up with their dog. And, and usually they have one dog, and the one dog would keep them warm. 
But, but uh, when it's really, really miserable outside, they curl up with the three dogs to really keep them warm. So that's, that's how the, uh, the, the band got its name, Three Dog Night. That's for nothing. You can have that for free. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. If you see uh, uh, buffalo, by the American bison, when they're attacked, they're hindquarters to hindquarters. Usually in, in, uh, when a, a cow is giving birth to a calf and they surround this calf, they surround this mother and the calf, hindquarters to hindquarters to prevent the attacks from wolves, coyotes, and any, any other predator. A triple-braided cord is not easily broken. Verse 9 says two friends can work better than one person so they can have a, ver- a, a, a better profit. And people ought to be able to say that they're a better person because of our influence in their lives because we're friends. Hebrews 10.24 says, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of, good, to acts of love and good works. How are we going to motivate one another? This time of the year is a season of giving, but it's also a season of receiving. Don't be so spiritual that you say, uh, I, I don't receive well, because you cannot be a good giver if you're not a good receiver. And this is the only place in Hebrews where the author uses the expression one another, and uh, he's speaking of mutual activity, which believers encourage one another, not where the leaders direct the rest as to what to do. So the word rendered motivate, so it's, it's to think of ways to motivate one another to acts of good, uh, good works. You'd think that that was a verb, wouldn't you? An action word. It's not, it's a noun. And it's talking about, uh, has a meaning like irritation or exasperation. And that's po- that can be positive. You exasperate one another to good works. That means that you, you are at a place where you, you make such a difference in their lives by pushing people to their limits that's going to show those acts of, good, of, of love and, and good works. Christians are to provoke one another to love. And it's a characteristic, uh, a characteristic New Testament term for, for a love that's not self-seeking and who Jesus Christ is the model at the cross. Uh, you can practice hope and faith alone. You, you, can, you can really practice these two things by yourself. I'm going to wander over here and get the chair. Uh, but think about this. You can't practice love alone. You cannot practice. You can practice faith. You can practice hope. But you can't practice love by itself. It takes another. Scripture teaches us that we are to urge one another to good deeds as well as to love, which is it's an, an incredible illustration of authentic friendship. See, friendship isn't just about, uh, I'll, I'll go out when it's raining and I'll hold an umbrella over you as you come into the church house. Friendship is doing much, much more than that. Friendship is extending love, that self-sacrificial love to another person because of what Christ did at the cross. 
Well, the second thing is a true friend lifts you up from the lower levels of failure. Anybody here ever fail? Anybody ever here fail? Yeah? Hayden, you really failed? I mean, not just an exam, but, but fail in, in doing something in life. Fail in, in doing, in, in you're trying to do good things and it just doesn't work. I have lots of times. I failed as a father. I failed as a husband. I failed as a friend. And yet, a true friend will lift you up from those lower levels of failure. How does it happen? Well, by refusing to give up on you. For 50 plus years, I've had someone standing by my side that has never, ever given up on me. Now, she had plenty of reason to. She, she really did. And uh, there's times where she went out the front door. <laughs> she always came back in. But never gave up on me. Let me give you an illustration. A girl gave her boyfriend a beautiful picture of herself. Beautiful portrait. And she had this wonderful note on the back of the picture. And I quote, My dearest love, I love you more than life itself. I love you more every day. And I always will. I'm in your presence. You take my very breath away. And I know you feel the same way about me. With all my love, Cicely, forever and ever. P.S. If we break up, I want my picture back. This is not commitment of a true friend. <laughs> this is not someone who, who fails to, uh, to live up to those standards of friendship. A true friend doesn't abandon you when things get tough. A true friend always comes back. Yeah, they can leave. They can go out that front door and they can come back in the back door. But a true friend will never, ever, ever abandon you. Hebrews, Hebrews uh, 13.5b says, For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. Well, there's seven tests of true friendship. These are good things. As I, as I look at this, um, the first thing is selectivity. Not everybody can be a close friend. Quality always trumps quantity when it comes to friendship. Select your friends wisely and, and then stick to them. We should select friendships carefully because wrong friends can really damage. Probably one of the, 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 the hardest things that I, or the, the most damaging things I ever, thing I ever did with my youngest daughter is not be the father who demanded, and I say demanded, uh, the, the kind of friendships that she should have. And she formed, she formed alliances that were really damaging to her. And she would, if she were sitting here, she would probably be nodding in agreement. See, that's not what I, I should have been. I should have been able to do that, to help her learn about how to be selective in her friendship. She's that way now, and she's doing that to her, to her kids. Proverbs 13.20 says, Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Character is caught as much as taught. And this is true both of good and bad character. It's not, it's not just, it's not just the, good, the good that happens. The second thing is proximity, you know, closeness. Relationships gain strength through proximity. Distance makes friendships harder. 
I've got a friend in Alabama. We've got friends in Alabama, and we've got good friends down in Florida. These have been friends for life, over 50 years. And so proximity doesn't harm our relationship. In fact, when we get together, we can pick up like it was just yesterday that we were, we were together. But you know, in, in terms of, of real friendships, most friendships, distance, you, you can't spend time with one another. So not being able to be part of their lives and doing life together can cause that distance and it can break down friendships. We need friends who, who live close to us. The, the word neighbor translated in Hebrew is, uh, the word is friend. And this reminds us that friendship involves not only shared time and interest, but also shared space. When friends don't spend time together, they're going to grow distant. That's what we're doing, you know, life group. And we talk about life group all the time. And friends, if, if, if you are so busy in your life that you can't take a couple hours out of your week to spend doing life with us, you're too busy. Say, so, well, I got kids. Bring them. Uh, uh, the, Maddox has, the Maddoxes have an open, an open door policy that you, you bring them, we'll do something with them. So, so you, uh, you don't ever have to worry about children. Oh, I'm sorry. The Whirls, they're, they're kid-friendly they're kid kid because they've got a thousand of them coming around. You need to be in a life group. And, and life group is where you are able to share life together. The, 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 the struggles that we have, and we pray for one another. We laugh with one another. Sometimes we shout at each other, and sometimes we cry at each, with each other. But it's a place where you do life together as brothers and sisters in Christ. You ladies last, uh, last night had the secret sister reveal. And you guys had a ball, didn't you? Well, you women are always getting the good stuff, so I'm going to institute not a secret brother, but we're going to do brothers of other mothers. And, and we're going to do that, and that's going to be our, our uh, we're going to do that next, next, uh, uh, next Christmas time. So I'll, I'm going to tap a couple of you guys to do that. It's my idea, but you've got to carry it out. But uh, we're going to do guy stuff. We're going to eat guy food. We'll probably watch guy movies, and we'll give guy gifts, you know, bullets and stuff. But, you know, that's friendship. That's doing life together. That's becoming a, a person who cares in the church, church body, who cares for one another. We need to be together. Boundaries. Proverbs also teaches the principle of boundaries. Boundaries help keep people together in a healthy way. You know, fences make good neighbors. <laughs> boundaries. Healthy boundaries respect uh, uh, and help people communicate more effectively and work together making people less likely to fight or want to leave the relationship. You need to take care of yourself first. Uh, by setting a good example, you're providing a template by which others can set appropriate behavior. I want to talk about some boundaries for a minute here. Uh, there's material boundaries. You know, you, you, uh, I have, uh, when I was in better shape, I had three sets of the same kind of tool. One for me, one for Brian, and one for Joel, because they'd borrow, they'd lose it, 
the kids would do something with it. I'd never get my tools back. So you, you, Nick, do you have that? You don't. Do you loan your tools? Okay. I got to remember that. Write that down. Make a note, Serena. Nick's got tools. But you know, we we do. We we. Uh, uh, it isn't just it isn't just lending stuff, but but material boundaries. Are, there needs to be limits on your time. Our time's valuable. There needs to be limits on favors and services and and labor. Anybody has a pickup truck? <laughs> uh, man, you, you, nobody has asked me to help them move because I've publicly stated that that's not my spiritual gift. <laughs> you can use my truck. Yeah, okay, you can use my truck. Physical boundaries. Personal space. Now, if, if, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm here... I haven't invaded your personal space. But I start getting closer. You can jump. Yeah, see? See? Do you see? See? Now, here, here is, is, a, is pers- I've earned this personal safe, spa- safe <laughs> space. And, and yet we have to have those kinds of boundaries of, of the uh, who and the, the how and the where and the when they can touch you. I can reach out my hand to my brother and shake his hand, but he's not going to let me hug his neck. He's going to be a creepy guy, you. Get away. And, and uh, there's also sexual boundaries. Coming too close can be accidental or it can be an attempt to intimidate you. If you don't want to be touched on certain parts of your body or at a specific time or social context, you need to state that. You know, the side hug. Is, is, the, is really the proper thing. And I, you know, I, 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 when there was so much of me, I couldn't do the side because my arms were too short to reach around you. So, so, so the, the, we, need to, we need to respect those boundaries. There's mental boundaries. Thoughts and values, opinions and beliefs. So we need to respect those boundaries if they've been told, if they've been shared. Trying to persuade another person can turn into a shouting match or intimidation when those boundaries have been crossed. Politics and religion. We don't have the let's, let's come and, and have a friendly discussion. It, it, doesn't, it, it really doesn't work when you get two people of opposing political uh, polls sitting down to talk because both of you are right. So become a libertarian and you don't have to worry about anything. Emotional boundaries. Oh, man. Having indistinct emotional boundaries is, a common, is, is very common for people who are codependent. Learn how to separate your feelings from other people's feelings or they will own you. Your feelings should not depend on other people's thoughts, feelings, or moods. And, and in this way, an emotional boundary is, in most cases, one that you set yourself. You set it up. You let it know about it. And then we will honor that boundary or should honor your boundary. Give yourself permission to have your own feelings and not take on the burden of other people's feelings. In, in counseling, that's, a, that's a, real, uh, a real hindrance because people will pour their hearts out to you and you end up, you end up owning their, their feelings. And a lot of times it's manipulative because that's exactly what they want. Your feelings are a choice and people are responsible for their choices. And you don't need to carry other people's 
feelings with you. And I don't care if it's your kid, your spouse, your crazy Aunt Gertie. It is you are not responsible to take on the burden of other people's feelings. Know where you end and I begin. Proverbs 25.17 says, Don't visit your neighbors too often or you'll wear out your welcome. <laughs> we got to give our, give our friends space. Mutuality, one of the most important principles is the principle of mutuality. Friendship's a two-way street. In any friendship, both friends contribute. If it's you doing all the contributing or they are doing all the contributing, it's not a friendship. It's out of balance. People visit church. They're looking for friends. They're not necessarily looking for friendliness. We have new people. Be a friend. They don't bite. Trust me. And, and you know, the, the stranger, you say, well, you know, they're strange people. Good. We specialize in strange people. Look at us. We, Dave and I are two of the strangest people you'll ever meet. And, and we thrive on strange. Or in the, as the French say, stranger. <laughs> but uh, uh, people want friends. Not just friendliness. Friendliness is okay. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. We need to have respect and it's the foundation of any good relationship. One of the main ways we show respect is how we talk about our friends when they're not around. Proverbs 29, 25, 9 through 10 says, When arguing with your neighbor, don't betray another person's secret. Others may accuse you of gossip and you'll never regain your, friend, your reputation. Candor. Uh, find friends who will be honest with you, even if it means wounding you. Flattery is a, a flimsy foundation for friendship. You can be honest and you can compliment and you can show your caring by being positive, but, but just the, you know, flattery, uh, it, it doesn't work. And the last is forgiveness. Uh, no friendship can last without it. Proverbs 17, 9 says, Love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. Man, if, you get, if you're harboring something, a grudge, Something's been eaten at you and you've let it just kind of soak and simmer in your life. That isn't a display of friendship. Get it out. Talk about it. True friendship is too valuable to throw away over petty differences. This, this teaches us to be generous in extending the gift of forgiveness to our friends by covering our, our, our offenses. And and true friendship, you can tell a true friend by the fact that when you've made a complete fool out of yourself, they don't seem to believe that you've done a permanent job of it. <laughs> they aren't waiting in the wings to jump on you for making them feel uncomfortable. A true friend isn't easily offended. Some of us can be equal opportunity offenders. And it's, it's, uh, it's not just the way we are. Some of us need to probably work on that. But a true friend doesn't, doesn't uh, camp on that. They stand by you and stay with you and help you move beyond your failure. Uh, they help you see the successes in your life, once again, by choosing to have faith in you. So, you know, we, we can conclude... 
by understanding what our response to these truths are, are about. What is true friendship? Let's express interest in other people. A true friend is one who is really going to be interested in who you are as a person. A true friend isn't, isn't standing there giving you their, their, uh, uh, their resume all the time. A true friend wants to know what makes you tick. What are the passions of your life? Let's see if your passion and my passion maybe meld some way where, where they, we, can, we can start developing that true friendship. My, my brother Jerry, uh, is, he's, he, he must, we must have, we must have uh, he must have OD'd on ice cream last night. <laughs> but uh, here, there, there can't be uh, two dissimilar personalities in the world than Jerry and I. And yet he is a close brother. I, I love him dearly. And yet he's, a, he's the kind of guy that, that wants to know who you are, what you are, where you've been, where you're going, how you got there. And he'll ask 2,000 questions and drive you nuts, but it's not because he's nosy. It's because he wants to know you. He has an interest in you. Let's, the second thing, let's, in conclusion, let's express appreciation to others. You know, there's people just being them. They haven't made a big investment in my life at all other than just being who they are. I've, I've, uh, I've got some young friends in this church that I could be their grandpa. And they have made such a striking difference in my life because of who they are. So generous in their, in their attitude, their innocence. So genuine in their love for the brothers and sisters in this church. And kids, uh, you know who you are. And it, <laughs> that's right, my bucket girl. Uh, I wasn't going to name names, but Hayden, let me look at your pretty face. This kid is, she is, if you get tired of her, send her over to my house. The, 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 we've, got, we've got kids, Connor and, and Cammie, all you kids, uh, just, just really uh, light up my life because you express appreciation to us. And we need to do that as, as brothers and sisters in Christ, don't we? Thank you. Thank you for being who you are. Matt, you inspire me sometimes. I, I, Matt, Giovanni, I'm looking at, <laughs> Matt, Matt, you're, uh, you're an innocent young man. I love that. Lauren, and I love that about you. Uh, you, you are, you are zany. You are crazy. You, you said, I said, how you doing? And this morning she says, I'm a hot mess. Yeah. Amen. Amen. But uh, I tell you what, you're Jesus hot mess. I appreciate you people. I really do. You, uh, you have done so much in investing in Sarita and I's life. And I, this, I don't want to sound sappy and corny and all that malarkey, but, but uh, you know, you, you do. You, you've, you have been uh, such a, an important part of our lives. Let's express interest in others. Let's express the appreciation to others. And I think that when we start doing that, 
we're going to see a real, a real uh, significant change in friendships in our life. Amen? Does that make sense? It makes sense to me. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, the, the friend of friends is certainly you. You, are, uh, uh, you truly are a friend that is closer than, than any brother. Lord, your friendship was demonstrated not just friendship, but in true love, and that you, you gave your life at the cross for me and for my brothers and sisters here. Lord, I thank you for that, and may, may that self-sacrificial, no-strings-attached love that you displayed to us, may we, may we also give that back to others in the body. Help us, Lord, to be lovers of our friendships. Help us to keep short accounts with one another. Help us to, to look past the idiosyncrasies that many of us have, you know, the quirkiness, the, the, uh, sometimes just the social awkwardness of people. Lord, may we develop the friendships that look beyond all of that. Father, if there's one here today that doesn't have that friendship relationship with you, may this be the day that they say, Lord Jesus, I, I don't understand it, but in the best way I know how, I, 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 I confess my sin I ask you to forgive me of my sin and I ask you to come into my life and save me. And I believe when you died on the cross, you became an eternal friend. You became my Savior. You became the one who guaranteed my eternity in heaven and I thank you for that. Father, if there's, a, if there's one here today that uh, is, is lonely, may we have that intuition to reach out to that person. And maybe there's been friendships that have been strained and, and maybe even fractured. Lord, help us to confess that. Restore those friendships that we might be having a meaningful part in kingdom building in this body. And I thank you for it in your son's precious name. Amen.